welcome back to Try Not To Die. I'm your dutiful mutant, Noah Prito, and I'm here with our dynamic duo. Lisa Condemi, aka Gorgonzola, teenaged at the Automaton Rampage. Now let's get this mage. God, Ooh. is Zola becoming a rapper? Let's get this mage. <laughs> We've talked about a future campaign. Maybe Zola grows up to be just like Whoa. the first rapper We've in We've already Amalia. talked about music, or uh, a movie star, so I don't know if she has that much range. She could maybe cross could over be. into theater. She maybe. could do an EGOT. <laughs> and it's me, Ashley Goodwin, aka Brigid, Amiga of pigeons and chucker of fire, injured a smidgen with friends I admire. Oh, <laughs> smidgen and pigeon is inspired. That was I know, really I knew you'd say that. Sure. When did you come up with that? Oh my god, was that why you asked me for different words for friends when we were sitting out yeah. there before? Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, you know it's actually not fair that you guys get to crowdsource your intro. <laughs> yeah. Also, no, in the group thanks for like giving it away that you helped me do that great intro. I had no idea that it was the. Int- I didn't know I was participating. Noah always uh, reveals the machinations beneath the intro. Always. Noah's always like, ah, so funny how you had rhymezone.com open before this, Lisa. <laughs> Just let me live. Hey, you fucking narc. It's time Start to the wiggle, recap. wiggle, wiggle into your seats. <laughs> It's time for the recap. Jason Derulo. Last time, we first joined Brigid, keeper of the Allfire, in the midst of an evacuation of the less fortunate citizens of the Empire. The fiery druid and her wily fire spirit companion, Pyre, had been feeling a bit stressed, something her mother, High Priestess Cardman Wildspice, took notice of. She attempted to persuade Brigid into taking a brief sabbatical to regain her strength and spirit, but was unable to produce a substitute to take over the job. After all, who else would be able to, or even willing to, protect these people? Their debate was cut short when citizens began to rapidly rush through the portal, a terrified acolyte of the Temple of the Wild calling out that they were being ambushed by warriors of the Empire. With her mother's assurance she would close the portal behind her, Brigitte and Pyre rushed to aid Smite and her uncle Moss Peace Willow, who were hoping to defend the precious temple. Realizing that Zola would definitely want to know, and maybe help them, Brigid used a sending stone to give her a call, her, Smite, and Moss taking up positions as the Golden Fist continued to knock at their door. Channeling her energies into the Conjuration Shard, Zola successfully teleported from the throne room of the queens of the Elven Queendom of Iverholm to the temple in Aurelia, joining the fray. I roll for that. That was really good. It was a sick roll. You should have listened to it. The dice roll for that. (laughs) Though our heroes easily confused and torched my cool robot toys, the endless supply of enemy soldiers meant that this temple was unfortunately lost. (laughs) Persuading Moss that it was more important to (laughs) wiggle. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Persuading Moss that it was more important to save their lives than the temple itself, the group escaped into the ossuary or catabone beneath the temple, a place where important members of the faith were buried. Moss utilized his ability to mold into stone to hide, wishing the group luck as they headed to Marfin's, who they hoped to convince to break his neutrality for the coming war. After Zola explained the situation, Marfin's memory problems and increasing instability, the fact that he was likely hiding deep in his magnificent menagerie, the group used the sewers to make their way into the goldmine district, turning invisible and emerging into the streets to sneak towards his store. And then I used my all-fire spirit to absolutely tear someone's jugular out. The recap is mine. It's all I have. Uh, <laughs> they noticed the store was guarded by Quince's half-brother, Neil Tuffler, several guards, and a glittering automaton. Using Pyre as a distraction to tear a cr- 
man's throat out, the group began to head inside while she went off on Neil, and that's where we are right now. Still invisible, you cross into the familiar threshold of Marvin's magnificent magical menagerie as Pyre snarls and tears into Neil. Oh, why? The guards and automatons are panicking. Inside is not the magnificent, fully stocked and bustling magical menagerie it once was. Shelves that once formed tall aisles on your left and right have been toppled. The bins leading to the front desk where small magical tchotchkes were sold and have been smashed or tipped over. The tchotchkes. Nearly everything of value has been taken. You see no quicklings sipping to and fro, no potions bubbling or trinkets ticking. But I remember Silence. my coupon code. The coupon code you see scribbled on- In blood. In blood on, on the front desk. <sighs> It's really sad seeing this place like this. Whoa. Pyre, come back. You summon Pyre back into your earring. Uh, the door closed behind you now. You still hear them all screaming and panicking. What was that? Why? Why did that happen to me? I don't deserve this. Uh, what are you guys doing as you enter in here? Do we see any quicklings or anything? Uh, not at first glance. You're welcome to give me a perception check if can you want to do a little. Or you can investigate if you want to be more thorough. I'll look behind the counter. Okay. Everybody gonna roll for me. 24 investigation. Okay. 16 perception. With a perception check, you look around... And it is, as described, completely empty. Everything has been clearly torn to shreds. And, like, I mean, anything of value must have been taken by the initial raid. On a first perception check, you really don't see anything else. As you go behind the front desk to investigate... I'm looking for what's missing. I want to know, like, what they took. In this main room, and as you investigate... You begin to gather that the vast majority of important things were probably removed rather than taken by the actual, like, Omni Malum or Golden Fist. Uh, and I think that as you, like, go behind the front desk, that's where it really clicks because you see that probably this area where, like, money would be stored and various, you know, maybe the stuff that's behind the desk that you don't want people to peruse through right away. All that has been removed, and it doesn't look like it was done messily. There's not, like, a mess around. There's nothing broken. It looks like this behind the front desk was indeed cleared out as if somebody was directed to do so. Mm -hmm. And do we see the door that leads towards Marfin's office area. You do indeed. Behind the front desk, as you like lift your head, you see the stairs that lead up to the door that leads to his sort of back office for the store. Should we go up? Yes. One eye peeled for Marfin, another for NP, okay? And if you have a third, watch Trek. out for Trek. I can do that. Can I do a perception check to see if there are any traps on the door? Um, That he might have set for... Flay or the Omi Malum. That is actually going to be an investigation check to look a little bit closer at it. I'm really rolling like absolute dog shit. It's a seven. You check the door. It looks, you know, the same as it always has. Polished doorknob. No mess. No, no blood on the door from someone exploding from touching it or anything. It looks like perhaps this opening room was... I, th I, I think that even with a low perception check, even with a low investigation check, you look at this space and you gather that Marfin knew they were coming and fled and probably gave his quicklings instructions 
to make sure that this place was spotless. Maybe there will be traps further in to this mm-hmm. facility, but you think that, like, you know, he didn't want to arise suspicions immediately. Do we think that we should cast non-detection on, like, the Conjuration Shard or any of us? I have limited spell slots, but if we think that Plebo or Flay would be most likely to um, try to scry on this, and I show Brigid and smite the yellow shard that is not looking great, right? Yeah, in your hands, like as you take it out, at first it's not there, and then it reappears in your hand, and you see that it has like cracked, and there's parts of it that are kind of growing and mutating on it. Oh my gosh. It doesn't smell bad, but I gotta say it looks really bad. I used it a lot. I've been bopping around. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, we should definitely reserve it for emergencies then. I don't want it to, I don't know, turn us inside out or, like, teleport my legs somewhere and not my top half. I think that hopefully we could find, I know Marfin has a store or at least one teleportation scroll, maybe, you know, in his stuff. He's a mage. I trust that he's got something for us. He must have hidden... Something. I think that casting non-detection is smart. I also have locate object we can use to find anything that we know, MP or more. The crown. Right. MP probably has the crown, or at least I hope. Or even, and if we were looking for trick, we can look for that feather, right? Mm. That's another one. If there's anything else you can think of that Morphin has hinted at or told you about, let's, let's just keep an eye out. If we feel like we're maybe going to get a chance to rest at some point, then I think that using non-detection is a good idea. Couldn't hurt anyways. Should we rest here before we go through the door? Mm, I'm worried that Neil is going to, everyone is going to kind of come in after us. Okay. What's your passive perception, Brigid? 20. Time slows for a moment as you begin to hear the doorknob on the other side of the store. The one that allows you to enter the store begins to slowly begin to open. Your quick elven reflexes being able to detect it before it completely opens. Okay, let's go in. You guys push through the door and quickly close it behind you. Give me a stealth check. You're still invisible, mind you, so you do roll this with advantage. And And you have pass without trace as well, yeah. So that's plus 10. That was 19. Total? Uh, no. On the die. Got it. We love double advantage. I hardly ever get to roll stealth with advantage. It's just even. I get 31 total. 31. Holy shit. I got a 17. Smite rolled a natural 17, so upwards of 30 with his bonus. You guys are all incredibly stealthy as the the door closes. And if you were out there, you would see Neil walk in and go, Something's wrong. Also... Is there any healing potions left? I'm kind of bleeding from my throat area. <laughs> Zola, the reason why she's less stealthy is because she keeps laughing at Neil. <laughs> <laughs> just, who's there? Brigitte's laughing with their, like, stickering. <laughs> you don't close the door all the way, so you, like, peek and watch him come in holding this gaping wound in his throat. <laughs> Anyone have a healing potion? You guys enter into the back room of Marfin's, uneasily creeping into the familiar space. This large room is fully furnished, formed from the stone that is native to this area, and decorated with the colors of the nation that resides here. Here in Aurelia, you see those colors are bright scarlet, blood red, and gold, though 
any actual government symbology is not included. Marfin is not exactly a supporter. He merely wants to ensure the aesthetic matches for consistency. When in Rome. When in Rome, indeed. Bookshelves filled with artifacts, books, and memorabilia line most of the walls, broken up only by a pristine desk and workspace to your right, a basic kitchenette and table to your left, uh, and beyond this is a parlor-like space, a number of comfortable couches, and again, formed from some sort of red fabric to match everything else. Um, of course, positioned in front of the crackling wooden fireplace that you, Zola, had a very lengthy discussion in front of, revealing the shard to Marfin and sparking all of this. You see the fully stocked bar cart is next to a side table in this area, a drink already made pinned in the air above it, and between it and the desk near you is, of course, the Golden Globe, the scrying device that Marfin created to look over all of Fayfall. Though normally no doors lead from this space unless summoned by Marfin, one happens to be on the other side between two bookshelves. How do you guys want to proceed? Should we try and use the globe and maybe see where Flay is right now? Or see, I don't know how it works if it's location based or person based. I'll go over and start fucking with it. As you yes, Marfin never let me touch this. Wait, maybe it's trapped. Um, as you're going over, you Get see Smite is already like at the bar cart pouring you guys drinks. Oh, wait, uh, we should probably. Um, how are you? T- you're like just spinning it or like you're just like putting your hands on it? No, I think I will like look where Aurelia is and just like tap on where I would think Marfin's shop would be. The moment you tap where you think Marfin's shop is going to be. You watch as the Golden Globe begins to shift. The continents sink in as the, as crystalline shapes kind of push out, almost inverting this world to reveal a piece of parchment wrapped around a circular object. What? What the wow, hell? You, you went straight for it. That was incredible. I was like, they're going to look through this space. You were like, tap Aurelia. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, they solved the puzzle. They solved it. <laughs> Zola, like one hand back, tingling with the crackle of a counter spell, just in case this is some trick from Flay, grabs it and opens it. You take the parchment and you unwrap it. Uh, it is wrapped around this kind of silver disc, but inside of the parchment is actually a note written. Zola, yes, I know you're reading this. Unless it's one of your friends, in which case, please pass the note to Zola. No offense, it's just not for you. I'll wait. What does he mean it's written? Great. I knew you'd come looking for me at some point, even if I'd prefer you keep yourself away from the mess I've created. Apologies that I've been distant. Or perhaps it's better to say difficult. Ever since you showed me the shard, things have been unraveling. I've been trying to find out what's missing, but I'm afraid of what I'll find. Please do not focus on saving me. Instead, focus on finding and protecting NP and the crown, keeping it away from Flay at all costs. Though I don't have time to draw you a map to where I'm heading, nor would I be able to, honestly. I've created many rooms in this mansion, even more by the time you read this in my attempt to create some distance. That doesn't mean I can't offer some help. You take this silver disc out and kind of see a little button on the side of it and click it as it opens to reveal a steel pocket watch. This pocket watch is known as the Temporal Identifier and Magical Evaluator piece, aka timepiece. And when opened, it can be used to see how time is passing on the material plane and within the demiplane you're in. The larger clock tells you the time of the plane you're in, while the smaller one within it shows you the time set on the material plane. 
In other words, the larger clock will appear to move faster, slower, or the same as the smaller material plane attuned clock. Most of these rooms are temporally altered to be moving faster than time outside, preventing too much time from passing from your entry into the mansion to your exit. However, some rooms are the opposite. Time in there moves much slower. Please pay attention to this watch to understand how much time you are saving slash missing. Temporal variation should operate on a standard one-to-one -one ratio, one hour to one day, so keep that in mind when things slow down or speed up. This blank parchment is enchanted, and as you like flip it, you see that this like, you know, the other side of it is completely blank and you flip it. And when you flip it back, the note kind of disappears and then you flip it again and the note comes back. It's been enchanted to map out the rooms you travel so you can avoid repeats. I'm sorry I couldn't draw you one myself. I truthfully do not know all the connections, especially since I can just conjure a door when I need it. Plus things are getting harder to remember. As you encounter spaces, it will update with symbols and color categorization to organize the rooms as you find them into locations, rooms of the mansion, experimental spaces, and trap rooms. This key will include temporal markings, mine rooms that bear the temporal contraction symbol, a backwards facing double arrow, as that room is designed to have time pass faster on the outside than in here. Next, always check for traps. I've set so many and I barely remember half of them. As I mentioned, some are full rooms, so it may not be avoidable, but knowing to check is half the battle. If you can, it's not a bad idea to keep a hand on the door when you go into a new space until you're sure you want to continue forward. If a door is locked, consider an alternate route. Sometimes doors are not doors. If you don't see a way out, that doesn't mean there isn't a way out. And finally, if you encounter Flay, do not face her. Flee and find another route. She is far more trouble than she's worth, believe me. The exception to this rule is if she finds the door NP is behind. I've limited access to the cottage by severing many of the ties between demiplanes, but there is one more from my study that leads there. If she finds me, it will already be too late. You truly have an inspired mind, one that I am constantly amazed by. Thank you for being the best apprentice I've ever had. Signed, M. P.S. It shouldn't come up if you mind the right path, but just in case, do not wake the inevitable. Sola reads all of this silently and then looks up at Brigitte and Smite and says, he, he called me his apprentice. Smite puts a hand on your shoulder. That's so great. Damn, he's good. This is fucking crazy. The calligraphy oh is incredible. No, no let's go. <laughs> <laughs> um, where are you guys heading as you you know take this pocket watch? Um, and you see that at the moment the two clocks are perfectly aligned. The larger clock is you know whatever time of day it was, uh, mid morning or right. early afternoon. It was brunch time. It was brunch after meeting. brunch in either <laughs> home. So it's up to you what the time zones. Were. So technically this, in the same time zone actually. Okay. So um, the smaller yeah. clock represents the material plane, and what does the larger clock represent? The Wherever we are, the plane you're in. So both clocks at this moment are perfectly aligned. They right. both say like a little afternoon or whatever. I have seen Marfin open up the pathway to NP's cottage before. What does, so are there doors in front of us? Multiple doors, just one door? Just the one, the one as described was completely opposite side, which okay. as um, I mentioned is very unusual. Marfin always conjures the doors. So this one just being left there is strange. You know, I'm worried about him, but the sheer length of that message has made me a little bit less worried. <laughs> yeah. I wonder, though, if this door, so obviously here, is a trap. I know I'm 
very I'm being a little paranoid but not at all he literally just said to check for tracks well who wants to do it <laughs> can I I well, can touch it if we want me to be a test dummy I mean I have dispel magic for if something seems obviously trapped but I will just um, walk around to one of Marfin's bookshelves take a little glass paperweight or something off of it and just roll it towards the door so that it taps it it rolls across and ding, taps into it rolls back nothing happens so we should be checking the temporal evaluator every time every room yeah every it would be a good go idea to. to look at the timepiece every time yes who wants to be in charge of the timepiece and i hold it out and then smite and i both look at brigid <laughs> Okay. Do you want to? <laughs> I yeah. grab it. <laughs> You're the most responsible out of the three of us. Okay, that's not fair. I, hey, it's a it's a good thing. It's a compliment. I trust you to remember to look while I'm swinging my sword. That makes sense. I will just go and uh, put my hand on the doorknob and just turn it a little bit and then slowly pull it out and just kind of peek my head around. Somebody roll a d100. Oh, you roll the 100 and I'll roll the 10. That's the per- that's how we'll do it. One of you rolls one, and one of you rolls the other. Sixty nine. Are you serious? Oh my god! Take a picture, baby. Take a picture. This arc is gonna be the best arc. I'm trying not to die. I'm calling it now. I'm calling it now. Just listening to the interlude episode where you guys went come back in sixty nine. We done that in the original. We were like, should we keep it? And we were like, we'll do it again. You slowly open this door uh, and see darkness. You might have to peer in physically in order to actually see what is beyond. For sure. I'll step through, but like Marfin told me, just keeping my hand on the door. Hand on the door, you take a step out and find footing on a grassy knoll covered in archaic primitive runes. Tall pastel crystals have burst from the ground, clearly having destroyed parts of this ancient structure. It looks almost uh give give me a religion check as i continue to describe what you see beyond you is a prairie extending out in every direction pockmarked by craters where moss and other grasses have managed to grow in the time since whatever impacted here had impacted oddly this place almost looks like some sort of open structure you know it's it's hard to describe uh what did you get on your uh, religion check 17 17 is pretty damn good. You look at this, and in our world, in our realm, it would look similar to Stonehenge. It looks like it was created, it's it's primitive in a way, or, or perhaps simple is a better word for it, but it looks like it has been completely destroyed. Whatever beautiful structure that was here has kind of been blasted out, and only a few like pillars and like structures kind of remain. And the ruins are made of crystals? Um, crystals have burst through the ruins. You don't know... Like the ruins it, are made of stone? The ruins are made of stone. Okay. Is it ruins or runes? Ruins. Okay. <laughs> ruins. <laughs> Thank um, you for the clarification. No I nod to Brigid and Smite that the coast is clear. Do you guys think we should shut the door behind us? If Neil sees the door open. I grab both of their hands. Yes. Okay. I check the temporal evaluator. Oh, nice. I oh, see. I already forgot. You step through the store, still keeping a hand on it, just in case. As you close it behind you, the door doesn't disappear. It is literally, like behind it, looks to be 
part of the ruins. It looks like a piece of stone that this door has been like put into. Um, and as you look around, um, you check the timepiece, Brigid, and you see that it is moving at the same rate. It is just a different time of day here. What? Which, How many hours difference? 10 plus hours difference. It looks like it's forwards um, or backwards. Evening? evening, late evening here. It's like starry night sky above you. Oh, okay. That was a day. Do the constellations look the same as they look over at Emeralia? They look and Zola, shifted. I think would know about Absolutely. constellations after her almanac experience and also Feral Free. And navigating honestly through the mountains. Anytime you came out, you saw the stars. These look different, but they look different as in they're not your typical stars. Like you look around. And I think maybe you identify a few constellations that you're like, oh, I don't ever really get to see those. Or like, I've read about these, but I haven't. And you recognize that you are still on Fayfall. You are on the opposite side of the world. Can I use my, like, my elven senses to sort of, na- like, you know, I navigate by the stars all the time mm-hmm. in the jungle. How How can I, like evaluate what I'm seeing here because I think Brigid's starting to get nervous that if this is 10 hours in the future, essentially. it. I think that you would gather it's not 10 hours in the future, it's just, 10 like, hours in time plane. zones. You just you flew across the world. Right. You're on another continent. But it didn't stop being that time. Yes, back where we time, right, exactly. Right. Yeah. So, but you know what? Brigid, give me a perception or religion check as you look around trying to identify what's going on here. Perception or religion? Whatever you prefer. 17 perception. Okay. Looking around, you quickly notice that this was indeed some sort of temple, though its ancient nature implies that it was perhaps built pre-maldiction. This looks really, really old. And your general sense here is that the environment is very different from what you're used to. It's a prairie, so it's grassland, not something you have really ever seen before. But you do feel that connection to the to the planet, to Fayfall. You are on the material plane. This is just an abandoned temple. As we start like slowly exploring more, I'll reach back and press the digitation, a little smiley face on the back of the stone door that we just came through. Nice. So if we come back around... Um, let's check it out, shall we? Okay. You guys spend some time looking through these ruins. I think after a bit, it becomes clear that this place is entirely abandoned. It is interesting, though. As you look around, both of you rolled decently on religion and on perception. You start to notice, like, some of the stones have faint carvings in them. Something that would be there after, it must have been very deep or very intricate if it still remains after thousands of years. But you do see like some very, very faint carvings and you go around and you find one, it's like a it's like a triangle. You find another that's a triangle. You find one that's broken in half, a piece of it launched somewhere in the distance. Um, but the half that you find looks indeed like part of a triangle. You count eight total. Do we think this is ancient language mistra right this looks like perhaps the eight points of her star oh. the eight tenants of magic you guys are so smart 
can I tell if the crystals have like like more recently come up or if they're like the crystals that have emerged from the ground have like moss on them they've been here for a while you go over and you touch them they have that faint very very faint like buzzing that kind of slight luminescence that that I remember from the socket. You remember from the socket. It doesn't seem like these burst anytime recently. This looks like it was some sort of temple that was destroyed by, by these crystals. So by a big magical moment. Do we think that the maldiction caused the, the crystals and the destruction of this temple? I don't know my history very well. What about you? You went to the hidden library. Did you read anything about that? I don't know if the crystals are maybe post-malediction, and this is what's been happening over time. time. Yeah, maybe they grew up and have slowly Destroyed displaced this it. this ancient place. Right. Hard to know. You guys look around. It's obviously been so far in the past that there's no way to be like, oh, clearly this was one fluid motion, or oh, it slowly <laughs> moved up. It's, it's mm. difficult to tell. This doesn't feel like the landscape that I've looked upon when I had my vision of floating above the star-shaped island, like where they're kind of grass and plains on that island. Uh, it doesn't look like that. This looks, um, give me a history check, actually. With your almanac, you might know a little bit about this. What's on the other side of the Emeralia? Nat one. <laughs> this is the cheese plain. That you visited, oh obviously. Oh, my God. Because it's got those puncture holes in the ground. Like, this has got to be, like, Sw the Swisslands, which are a part of the cheese plain. Does grass grow on cheese plain? I look at Smiley. <laughs> it, it could be mold. What's Do you think it's just really plain? big mold? Oh, cheese <laughs> plain is just... this amazing place that Zola told me about. <laughs> oh, so believes me. How did I? It seems like the most important thing that I would have gone over with you. Uh. <laughs> we did when we talked about it solo. You did spend a good thirty minutes describing it, and I'm gonna be honest, not a second wasted. I think I fell asleep. Should we try and just locate object on the crown and see what happens? Maybe it will just drive us mad because how do you locate something within a sandwich of planes? But maybe it'll give us a direction. It also lasts ten minutes. You know, even oh. if we can't find it here, we could. Go to another place and just means we have there. to move quickly through these different places. Yeah, right. otherwise we'll have to be burned a bunch of spell slots. Right. Can I do one more check on the ruins? Ruins to see, like I, th I think we see the eight points. We we think eight pointed star. Can I do another like check to see if it's like there's like a language I can read on the ruins? You can give me a history check too. Okay, your forte. You're holding. You are... I'm holding information hostage. <laughs> History is not really my forte. I have a plan. I, I had nothing that was, to that. You're, you're wisdom-based. I you're am history-based, <laughs> but I just rolled an hour. So. Sometimes there are gaps in your knowledge. <laughs> All right, so it's a 16. A 16. You look around. It looks like the vast majority of symbology here has been erased from the weathering of time. But with that high of a history check... You may have heard of the punctured plains, which are a swath of land that is in like central Panatolia, the continent to the east of Emeralia. Um, it is, I mean, to put it in perspective, it's like a Russia-sized area of Feyfall, and a ton of it has been just, it, it looks like a meteor shower happened here or something. Well. You don't really know how. There's no real recollection because it was so long ago. But I think that it's part of, maybe it's a little bit of just learning about the nature of the world. Or maybe it's a past life of yours. One that traveled Feyfall and worked to heal and burn away the 
the rot that has grown all over this world that maybe has been here before and you're like calling upon a memory, but you vaguely realize that these are called the punctured planes. It's kind of like how when you when you're a kid and you envision the North Pole, you like have an idea of what it could be. Yeah, kind of. This is like it's it's weird. It's like you're imagining it, but it's a memory. It's it's strange. I wish my mom were here to see cheese plane with us. Yeah, this is really beautiful. It, you didn't honestly you didn't do it justice. Okay, locate object. <laughs> <laughs> you cast locate object and vroom, open your mind. <laughs> I I just wordlessly cast it when Brigitte tells me to. <laughs> <laughs> Let's yes, locate ma'am. that object. <laughs> Let's stop talking about the cheese plane. Um, nothing pings, at least not yet. So I guess maybe can't locate or it's not close enough. Okay. Not close enough. Try another door. You keep your mind open, Zola, as you continue to, um, like, look around a little bit. Do you guys want to stay here? Do you want to leave from here? Do you want to go back to the door? What would you like to do? We want to leave here. Is it is the way we come and go through these planes, like, through the same door and then whatever is behind it changes? Or do we find another door? Yeah, are we looking for a new door right now? You didn't see anything in the note. That mentioned anything like that. Should we try the door again? I guess let's try the door again. I mean, all of this is just ruins and planes with crystals. There's no, like, structures or any other kind of other things we could even... It's a vast empty plane. This looks to be kind of a a central spot. Perhaps one at one point in history, people used to travel here and, like, you know, come and live here or do something in this location, but no longer. It's been long abandoned. Why would Marfin have a portal to a place this ancient? Do you think Marfin's a timeless being? Like, kind of like me. I think Marfin is very old. Yeah. No wonder his memory's so bad. (laughs) I'll try the door again. Uh, Let's roll a d100. Here they go. What do you want to do? I'll do the 10. Okay, I did 100 again. You'd be six, I'll be the nine. Okay. <laughs> you if be you're, a six, I'll be the nine. If you're a sex move, I'm expected. a sex move. 27, DM. 27. You Aww. open the door. This mic goes, my turn. Pierce his head through. <laughs> it's, it's the back room. We were just here. Let's just hop between. Let's just check it out. You guys enter back in the room. We I keep close my, the door. I keep my hand on the door okay. and I check the timepiece again. You check the timepiece. The timepiece has stopped. The material plane continues to tick, but the larger clock doesn't move at all. This is a trap. It's a false office. Everyone back through the door. This side. Get on. Get up. Come on. Wait, let's go. Is it a trap or is it just the next room? I think it's a trap. I think it's a it's a dummy office. It's not real. Do we is there anything we can gather from it? Is there any? And he looks around. He's like, I mean, there's there's artifacts in here. Is there anything we should look at before we leave? Artifact. Or? We were just in here before. Let's just pause in the doorway and see if anything goes off for 30 seconds. You guys hold in the doorway for 30 seconds. Smite looks around. Takes out a little ball bearing and tosses it into the room. Rolls. Nothing seems to happen. Um, I don't trust this. What do you think? I think it's the only way forward. I think that probably maybe this is where it starts. 
Okay. We can try and reset it if you want. If you really doubt it, we can close it's it and see ta- if it does it again. I just keep staring at the watch and how time has stopped. And if it were the if it were where we just were, the time would be ticking, just so, as it would be on the little clock. Right. So I'm just wondering if it's a plane where, like, maybe he has a study where he doesn't want time to move, and so he goes here to read or something. Yeah. Maybe it's just like a duplicate, something yeah. you know, a backup. Yeah, you could be right. Okay. Let's check it out. Okay. I close the door. You close the door. Where do you guys go? I will just look around and see if I see the same books on the shelf, the same papers on the desk. Like, does it seem yeah, like... we'll do a Where's Waldo. Yeah, has Marfin been doing different things here, or does it reflect the office exactly? It is remarkably similar. Um, you begin to look around. The colors are even the same. It's not, like, themed to another nation. It seems to be the Aurelian Red. Um, you go and touch the bookcase and pull out one of the books... And you open it, and it <laughs> latches onto your face. Everybody roll initiative. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Ah! Fuck. Knew it. That's the dirty 20. 16. Seems totally normal to... Ah! <laughs> it literally just cl- like lurches ah! at your face, its teeth attempting to wrap around you. This is the surprise round. It misses. You literally, it's like snapping at your face. It's honestly like those books in the book. Honestly, it's like the, the page master. The page master. It's like the page master or like in the hidden library where the books were like flapping, except this one has grown teeth and you see eyes opening up where the binding is. Oh, uh-huh. it's like vagina dentata. <laughs> oh my God. And then you see multiple books open up. You see Smite, who's like leaning on one of the coffee table with his uh, metallic arm. He hears a ching noise and he looks down and the table has clamped onto his arm. Oh, um, sorry, Brigid. Sorry, Brigid. I start thorn. Right, I start right. thorn whipping shit. <laughs> thorn whipping shit. Up first initiative is actually going to be you, Brigid, uh, mm-hmm. as what looks like the entire room has begun to come <laughs> alive. Mimic office. I hate you, Noah. Fuck this. Total um, duplicate. Okay, so 3d6 plus one. That's a 23 to hit. Uh, and you were, are you aiming for the tables? Oh, the table, because the table has smite and the book missed you. Okay, that will definitely hit. Go ahead and roll damage. 10. You whip out and strike this thing and it like lets go of smite's arm. Um, <laughs> Why? Why didn't I trust you? I always should trust you. Um, <laughs> thankfully, it didn't hurt him because it um, it didn't hit his armor class. It bit his shield, so to speak. But um, that is a hit. You have your bonus action if there's anything you want to do. Um, I'm not calling Pyre out for this. I okay. just, I think I move back towards the door and I say, let's go. <laughs> okay. You're going to use your movement to walk away. As you go by, um, you actually provoke an opportunity attack from the bookshelves that are on either side of the door, which <laughs> slam close like a mouth. Does it destroy the door? No, it doesn't. Like okay. they literally clamp onto you. That's a 19 to hit, which I believe does hit. Yeah. Um, I freaking think that hits you. Um, and then you are going to take 13 damage and seven points of that is acid damage. Great. So. so good. Ow! As it ah! begins to bite and burn away your hands, you Fuck. push off of it. As you see, it like opens its mouth again. The door is still there. That is your turn. Up next initiative is actually you, Zola. Smite rolled surprisingly, surprisingly low. Uh, I disengage and 
Is the book like latched onto me or anything? You can easily toss it away. <laughs> yeah, like you pulled it off and just throw it as you disengage and push through. Uh, you go in, I think you can, you didn't go far. This room is not huge. Um, with a disengage, I think you can make it to the door. If, if there's anything else you want to do, you have a bonus action. I'll go straight for the door and just open it up uh, so that Brigitte and Smite can run through on their next turn. Let me see if I can do anything with my BA, baby. Hell yeah. You rush through the room, you catapult yourself off the couch, which you see it's the arms of the couch reach out to try and grab you, um, but you manage to roll through and dodge them. This The furniture everywhere coming alive to try and chase you. All set? Okay, so now it is going to be Smite's turn. He rolled just higher than the nat one that the Mimics rolled. Um, he too is going to disengage uh, and bolt towards the door, which you have left open, wasting no time. He just dives straight through. I gotta get out of here! Very nice spell work though. Zola's <laughs> leaning her head back to check it <laughs> Admiring out. Admiring it, all them. <laughs> Just like slowly moving towards the door as Brigitte oh grabs God. you and pulls you through. Um, somebody roll a d100 for me. We're doing it together. I gotta remember that. 99. Wow. Yes. You guys rush in and slam the door behind you. Oh. Careful to keep a hand on it, of course. Timepiece, timepiece. Timepiece. You whip out the timepiece. Time has once again begun to match the material plane. Okay. <sighs> okay. Sorry about that, Brigitte. That's okay. It's no one's fault. We're doing this together. You look around. You see a still, dark space with nothing but a few comfortable-looking velour couches arranged into rows, all looking at a smooth, blank stone wall opposite you and the door that you have entered in from. As you kind of enter, the lights sort of come up, and there's like faint kind of fuzzy images like appearing on the walls. It's, it's hard to make them out. You occasionally see like people. You occasionally see... Um, like locations, but it's all blurry. It's almost like an oil painting. It's not fully defined. Um, is so the time the times are the same? Are they the same time zone? It actually weirdly just matches the punctured plane. It does, but yet this clearly is like an enclosed room. Okay, right. So maybe this isn't on the material plane, but just it is, right? Hard to say. You it said that just it just matches plane. the material plane. It's just that time isn't moving slower or faster. Yes. Okay. It, it, the clock explicitly monitors the speed of time passing rather than necessarily what time it is in the plane that you've entered. I understand now. I am going to, just as we go through each doorway, um, casting Blade Ward on myself because it doesn't cost me anything to do and it will just protect me if we get hit by a trap. Sounds good. So. You guys look, and by the way, you peer at the map, and you see that one room has been revealed. It's colored greenish, and it says the punctured plane. And then another one has been colored red, and it says mimic study. <gasps> this is 99. It must be, this is like a hub. This is like a space for Marfin to come and go through whatever doors he needs to go through. Maybe. There are another set of doors to the right along the wall. It, it's like a, a set of double doors rather than the single that you've been entering through. The single one is indeed still behind you, though you guys, have you let go of it yet or are you still holding on to it? Yeah, I think we'll shut it behind us yeah. as, as we don't get attacked. 
Yeah, <laughs> you shut it behind you and the door remains. It's not like it disappears. So you gather that this is indeed another type of room. And as you look at the map, you see it shades purple, but the name has not yet revealed itself. Mm-hmm. So there are velour couches, right? Yeah, they look like they've been, like, it almost looks like you're in some sort of museum or movie mm-hmm. theater. It's kind of hard to describe, but in general, as you, are you going towards anything? Are you are you making any sort of movements? Zola, I'm fascinated by these moving images on the wall and Zola thinking so much recently about Marfin and his memories. Um, I'm just gonna take a seat on one of the floor couches and kind of watch, even though the images are blurry, just to see if they cycle or if there seems to be any like similar theme of colors or if it's the same images popping up or if it's just like an endless array as you sit down on one of the couches the images that are on the wall before you coalesce and become much clearer and you see marfin and you having a conversation in front of the fire you look worn you see NP injured in her draconic form, um, lounging before you see Marfin, like, says something to her and she changes back to her humanoid form for the sake of convenience. This is a memory of the conversation, the yeah, that you had after the socket. And can I come sit next to Zola and watch as well, or does it change if I move towards it? As you're like passing by couches, you see the the walls like do that coalescing thing, but until you sit down on something, nothing shifts. So when you sit down next to Zola, Zola, what do you begin to think about? What's something that might pop into your mind as Brigitte sits next to you, the two of you looking at this? I think that looking at NP, I'm thinking about Marfin's instructions of focusing on her and not looking for him. And Zola, since she read that, has been like in a little bit of an internal war like should she disregard that so i think zola's thinking about if she should look for npr marfin first as you are like thinking that and brigitte sits down next to you the images shift and fade and then recoalesce to form into the memories that you guys have in the socket with np you see the first time you met her um, the conversations that you guys had with her to convince her to leave her prison you see her hand pressing into a wall the gravity power that she possesses um, cracking it you see all these moments that you guys share memories of NP Smite come over here yeah I put my hand on Zola kind of be like I don't know like a little shocked but like comforting in a way and I want to cast guidance you cast guidance you feel um this kind of warm energy, this this fire, this interest kind of reigniting in you. You're not overwhelmed anymore. You're, you're interested in what's going on. And as Smite takes a seat, the three of you on this couch, the images shift to memories. Because um, you're, again, you're still focusing on NP. It focuses back on the battle that you guys had, defending the citizens as they fled through that tree, Um, the chaos erupting around you, the moaning of a mummy lord in a pyramid not far. You watch as this battle unfolds from kind of a third person perspective. Where is she, Morphin? Are you trying to show me something? You think that, you look down at the map and you see that this room now has a label, memories. And this looks to be some sort of space where one can look back at memories or call upon memory. It changes based on who sits in front of it. So it's sort of like 
intelligent in that like if you're thinking about a person then another person comes sit down it's like the three of you a memory of the three of you or the four of you right it's almost like marfin could use this to like review moments like go back and retrace his steps maybe right Mm. i wonder if we could somehow access something that none of us were there for if there's a way to view marfin's memories that don't involve us were you ever with Marfin and incapacitated in some way? Like, is there a memory that you would be present for with Marfin present, but not necessarily something you would remember? There was when I came in, not necessarily that I don't remember, but when I came into Marfin's shop on my way to Balderheim, I was there and saw Marfin. We were both in the same room, but Marfin was speaking to Flay. Maybe we could get some insight into that conversation. Think I'll focus that. on that memory of when I was trying to get um, sneaky. Yes, I, I believe sneaky so. to get me oil I think of tagget. Sneaky, yeah. yes. I, and this was right when you were right before you went into the back room and were almost killed by Trick. Yes, after the erudite study, after I was running from Neil, yep. similar situation. <laughs> wow. yeah. Full and circle. Marfin was distracted talking to Flay and I was sneaking back to use the teleportation scroll. I'll see if I can kind of maybe hear like that conversation that I didn't get to hear. I, I grab Smite's hand and, and I stand up and, I, and like, I'm encouraging him to let's walk away so that it's not like contaminated by our presence being there. Mm-hmm. So like it's just Zola and memories. the memory he has a brief pause as you take his hand kind of uh, this uh, is the hesitating. nicest that i've been to <laughs> smite all day he pauses and you two make eye contact as you kind of take a moment but then again pull I, him away yeah i'm you nodding know, remember like... the point like so you pull him away and the images again shift to that moment when you entered marfin's magnificent magical menagerie and he was having a conversation with flay you kind of, again, find this third-person perspective. You have a weird angle from, like, the top of this very, very tall space where you see you, the Quickling, and Fake Smite finding that escape passage that led you into the back room. Um, Smite, your hair is combed all weird in this. I should have known. Oh, my God. I look way too put together. A trick, honestly, has too high of an opinion of me, I think. Brigid blushes. <laughs> oh, whoa. Clearly, they were able to do something with that cowlick, though. <laughs> Hmm. He, he, t- he touches his cowlick um, slightly subconscious. Um, it, it works immediately because uh, all he needed to do is put in slightly a little bit more effort. <laughs> yeah, just like do that. Do I look good? How does it look? Uh, it looks nice. Thanks. Yeah, what do you think, Bregan? Um, as you, <laughs> you the, the images shift briefly before you have to refocus them. Sorry, no, right. Time passing. Uh, and as you're looking at it, you hear the tail end of this conversation, which is what you were around to see. I'm sorry, Flay. Um, you know the rules. I've minded my own business. There's no need for you to do any further investigating. Hmm. Well, I hear that one of our students has been a bit of an apprentice of yours, which is actually a deliberate violation of the Imperial Agreement. A student? Uh, which which student? Do you? Which one are you talking about? Bree Camembert. Oh, that student. Right. Well, I didn't have the heart to send her away. She came looking for work, and, well, I said I'm sorry I have to remain impartial. And Impartial. Yes. Perhaps you're telling the truth, and all my sources are lying. But just in case you're not, 
And you see the pink gem flares, and he snaps his fingers, and it fades, and he goes, Don't use those tricks on me. I know about the socket. I'll be back, Marvin. You always are. And then the memory fades. Hmm. Why wasn't he allowed to interact with students? It's part of his contract. The Empire only let him set up shop here as long as he didn't interfere with their goings-on army. Right. Is what I was going to say. For as long as he's been here, he's always stayed out of the Empire's way and went along with anything they asked of him. He's always been willing to supply them with basic level potions and such, so... God, I brought this on him. You did not bring this on him. He brought this on himself. She came looking for me. Everything NP I brought here, the crown I brought here, I laid the perfect honeypot for her. What else were you supposed to do? You didn't know anyone here. Who else were you supposed to contact? I know that I am not nearly as capable as him, so it makes total sense that he would be someone you would turn to. Listen, it's not as if any of this that we're doing right now, the evacuations, you finding your mother, discovering more about the Omnimalum, it's not as if any of this were without any risk. And I think he knows that, and I think he knew that when he was involving himself in... Let's think of more memories. What else do we want to look at? Zola thinks back to when I scried on him and spoke to him about the shard and then was pulled out of his office the last time I saw him, right? Mm -hmm. Zola will think about that and try and kind of... That was such a fast and chaotic moment. I want to revisit that moment and look more closely at, like, what Marfin is working on. You, again, refocus your mind and the images shift and coagulate to form the memory of his private laboratory. This dark stone chamber that perhaps once was a pristine place of study, but has now become an absolute mess, ruined by manic disorganization. You see the memory of him like pausing and like looking out and up as if he is trying to find you. You see yourself almost there with him, kind of in a weird spectral sense, though he can't see you. And as you're having this conversation, you, Zola, look around at the space and see that he is in the main study portion of the lab where there's like books and, you know, clearly where he would sit at his desk and work. You again notice all of the rotting food, the fact that it is just a wreck in here. He's clearly been sleeping in here. And you see attached to it, as you remember, there is like another archway leading into the main lab. And in the main lab, you see on a sort of stone platform what looks like some sort of vessel i don't want to say coffin per se but sizable stone vessel that thrums with green light you look back and look at his desk and see that it is covered in notes that are complete nonsense you can see pieces of what he started with trying to retrace his steps notes on his memories random gaps that appeared 
mentioning the shard, asking how long has it been, but then it devolves into gibberish. The only recognizable word is a name. Mistra. What do you think? I think Marfin is coming to some of the same conclusions that I am. I think that whether she created it, whether she is them, Mistra, in some way, is part of the shard, or the shard is part of Mistra. And I think Marfin knew, and I think he hid it from himself. And I'm scared what's going to happen when he finds it. Brigid, did you want to try? Uh, uh, I was going to, but I think maybe... Did I, I saw the vessel as well. Yeah, it's it's similar to a movie. So, so long as one of you is on the couch, you all see it. Locate object. Uh, I'll say you don't have to recast it. You just kind of shift focus to a different object. No pings. But that just means that this is clearly a demiplane. This is isolated. Therefore, it's not within a thousand feet because it's literally a plane a away. Plane, yeah. But having it up has essentially cleared this room for you. And I'll say that so long as you have it up, even though perhaps, I don't know, I, I'm assuming locate object and locate creature require you to recast, to refocus. I am okay with it being you refocus your energies on a new thing mm-hmm. for the sake of, because... It, it's a divination spell based around finding something. So as so long as you're focusing on something, it oh. will come up. But as you guys are sitting there, you also notice as you guys are talking, you see Smite has put a hand on one of the other couches and is looking at the wall and you see images, Aurelia, or at the time, Leoniel, burning bodies in the streets, golden warriors running about, cutting down citizens as they flee. You see him, his sister, a young, young girl, barely, barely a toddler at this point, tan skin, similar white hair, the two of them running, being led by a handsome young priest and two others, what look to be his parents, as they flee towards the fast-closing northern gate of the city. They're running and running and running. You see them calling to each other as a crossbow bolt pierces into Smite's father's throat. He tumbles to the ground. Smite runs over. The priest tries to gather and pull them away, his mother pulling him up before she is again struck twice with two crossbow bolts tumbling on top of him. He scrambles out from under as the crowd rushes in and he is separated from Priya and whomever this priest was. Smite. Two things. I don't know if you should be watching this again. It might not be healthy. I put my hand on his shoulder and I squeeze. The second thing. I know where your sister is. What? And we might have hooked up. I... What? What the fuck? Zola! I didn't... You never said her name! How... You... You know Priya? Priya... Priya was my... Kind of... Is, but was. One of my only friends. In Paddlewick. That priest... That's Father Bartuli. He 
It he lives exactly in my like town him. at the Temple of Chantea and Priya. She, she came into the, the Underdark with me and found this crown with me. She is the whole reason why I'm even alive here and know you. Smite takes his hand off the couch. The images fade. This is... This is too much. I think Brigitte and I both hug him really hard. You guys hug him close. You... He doesn't hug you back. He just lets you guys hug him for a moment before he kind of shrugs you off and goes, We should keep moving. Can I try something? Sure. I think Brigid, um, a bit scared and, like, wary of the power of this and, like, what memories can come back, especially because she's had so many lives wants to see if any of her past lives knew Marfin. Oh my gosh. You put a hand on one of the couches and as you're focusing in and the images begin to coalesce, you see Smite turns to you, Zola, and goes, we are going to come back to the... To, we're going to come back to this. Yeah, we're just friends now. We're going to come back to this. I can't deal with this did right now. Did you break up with my sister? <laughs> what did you do? You said you had a girlfriend, but you're saying it's not my sister. Okay, we'll worry about it later. Uh, I would never hurt her. I, this is, I, I have no say. I don't, you know, it's not my thing. It's, it's her, she's an adult. She can make her own choices. These guys are so different. Uh, you guys are having this conversation as Brigid puts a hand on the couch. Brigid, give me a wisdom saving throw as you just try and open your mind to any sort of memory with Marfin in it, and you are trying to navigate 2,000 years of memories. Over the years, there's been a number of keepers, of course, of varying different species that have lived for different lengths of time. Um, So this is many, many lives you're looking through. I rolled 11. 11 is enough not to take damage. Oh, so it was only damage. It was only 10. I would die for these memories. Let the listeners know. It would have been a lot of damage. I can tell you that right now. But you thankfully push through this like block in your mind and these images begin to form many memories. Memories throughout all of history. Memories flood forward. One of a gnomish druid with fiery red hair like yours, her all fire a burning bird sitting upon her shoulder. You see that Marfin looks to be making some sort of deal with her, negotiating for and eventually receiving these broken crystals that dully glow like the ones in the Underdark, illuminating the socket. Some seem to very faintly lean towards one color rather than the opalescent pastel that most glow with, but they don't seem to be in perfect condition. Can I tell, like, what time of my, what time in the world this was? This is somewhere in your middle memories, like, Mm -hmm. perhaps a few hundred years ago. You also catch other memories of him interacting with a human all-fire druid, one of the only humans who has held the power. Uh, This looks to be many, 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 many years ago. Marfin has an entirely different look. He does not have his beard. Um, His hair is a bit shorter, a little bit more, like, shaggy. Um, He is in some sort of um, combat with her. It looks like they are kind of battling it out. And as you, again, you're you're shifting through memories, you're seeing that Marfin has interacted with several different Keepers of the Allfire. You see some of these interactions have been friendly, some of them have not been. It's like Marfin is looking for something and they interact with him. Or they come to Marfin and he assists them in exchange for things. And a lot of it does seem like 
this is maybe perhaps how Marfin has acquired some artifacts and stuff. You know, Marfin is a bit of a collector and he does obviously have many stores. So having druidic friends who can get him ingredients and things that are normally inaccessible to wizards, but might be more accessible to like divine or natural casters. He looks like he's had like a relatively friendly relationship with the vast majority of them. Only coming into conflict, of course, when there was some sort of resource he desired that they were not willing to give. Whoa, Brigid, is this, are these all you? Yeah, I think I'm like pretty proud of the fact that like, it's kind of hard to put into words like my, the history of the all fire and like my people, but this is like essentially a documentary. <laughs> As you're feeling that pride, the memories shift and turn to you when you were a young, young elven girl. You see your, this is a memory you, you barely remember. You're walking through the halls, the grand halls of Elder Green Haven, home of the Zuhat Sandaria. You hear an argument, pieces of it, far in the distance coming from your mother's, your mother's chamber. You abandoned her. I took her in. You have no claim over what she can do. No claim to her goals, no claim to her failures, her successes, nothing. You chose to not be a part of her life. It was the right choice. The memory fades. Can I recognize whose voice that was? Give me an insight check. I have uh, two guesses. Zola, too? I don't think Zola would can recognize Smite? this voice. Smite, Smite might. can give you the help action to give you advantage. 24. That sounded a lot like the Abroma. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Brigid, I didn't... I didn't... I didn't know that your mom wasn't actually a satyr. I was trying to figure out this whole time how that worked. Your mom is a satyr. She... Yeah, yes, my but mother... Your, but your dad is... My mother is not my biological mother. Right, okay. You were adopted. And Fiaroma, which I didn't know, is my dad. Is that that asshole you guys were telling me about? Yeah, it's yeah. that asshole. Such a fucking... How, why did he oppose you? Uh, no, maybe because he's, he's probably pro- so he's fucked pro- up right now. Uh, maybe just a dad thing. Dads do weird things sometimes. Your dad's nice. Uh, I mean, yeah. He's a good person. For he's- sure. I was still a teen in his house, you know. Anyway, I'm not trying to take away from this. Fuck. We should get out of here. I don't want to be here wait, anymore. Wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. I think that, like, I'm sucked in. Like, I want to know more. Like, what else? Give what, me a Can I know any more from that, that particular moment? Like, you begin to replay the memory. 29. DC 25. As you reflect, bringing the memory back again, it, like, rewinds back to a moment you could barely remember. It should have been me. And if it's not going to be, I should at least have a say in how she does it. He's jealous of me. I knew it. Whoa. Jealous of his own daughter? What a fucking dick. God, he sucks. Who's my mom? Who's my real mom? Show me my real mom! You (laughs) focus in. Give me another wisdom saving throw. Oh my god, can you see your memory of the baby? Yeah, I was like, you're trying to see your birth right now. (laughs) Thirteen. You push through the psychic barriers. Ah, ah. 
focusing in deep into your memory. It's warm. Humming sound. It's quiet. You feel pain. Deep, deep pain. Stress, panic, panic, pain. And then nothing. Brigitte, what? Was it just dark? It was like dark, slightly reddish, like some... It's... Close your eyes, and that's what it kind of looked like. It's it's me in the womb. It's you in the womb. Okay. Whose womb? You couldn't... Show me the womb! <laughs> you pull out, I guess, with that... I mean, you did pass your wisdom save as you, like, press and press and press... You get brief flashes, moments, because it's not your memory you're trying to connect to, but another person's memories. The colors are solidifying, and then you see her. Images still blurry, but you can make out her warm skin, red hair, body writhing in the pain of childbirth, her hand being held by Theobroma, who calls out, Save her! Can't you save her? You're all powerful! Why can't you do anything? And then your mind closes the memory forcefully. Oh, it man. falls to black. I think Brigid is like, well, that wasn't on my bingo card for today. Smite looks to you. I- I'm sorry. I'm sorry for you. Yes. I'm sorry for both of you. Hey, Zoli, you want to touch the couch and show us something traumatic of yours? Uh. Um, Actually, that was a joke. Please, I don't want you to have to revisit anything. That was a bad joke. Yeah. Sorry. No. Let's... Okay. Should we... Yeah, you guys... Let's open the door. I think Zola, not wanting to be insensitive, but like half of Zola is focused on everything she's watching her friends go through, and also half of her is so curious intellectually about all of these spells that Marfin has set up um, and almost kind of like jealous of this spell casting. Does this remind me of what my mother cast when I met her? It does kind of seem like a blend between major image and honestly recap. It's not the same, That's and what it's Will's certainly kind of a diff- yeah. It definitely feels like it's like an overlap of some magic, but it it seems like there's perhaps not an. It's like two effects in play rather than like, you know, and like how you actually created a spell that is two forms of magic come into one. It's like major image being activated when someone channels a, like into the divination magic at work. Before we go, just going to try something real quick, because this is very interesting magic. Um, I will dial Marfin's number on my sending stone, get up from the couch, and then when it comes to his kind of like clipped, barely there voicemail, toss the phone onto the couch and see if a voice might be enough to trigger anything. When you throw the phone onto the couch, it shifts the images coagulating once more to show you purchasing the stone from Marfin. Okay, okay. So they've got to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Worth a try. But it's it was interest it is interesting how an object can have memories. Tusk. <gasps> I'll lay the tusk down on the couch. Why not? You lay the tusk on the couch and immediately similar to 
with Brigid. There's so much going on. There's so many memories that it is like a blur. You're seeing flashes through history, which in some ways is fascinating. You're seeing moments in the the nation of Formaggi, the grand nation that once stood where Padawick was, these beautiful, beautiful spires, this gorgeous city. You see it leaning up against the throne of your grandfather, it being bestowed to your mother, your family over time, the many, many memories that they've had with the tusk in their own hands, battling, fighting against both you know, each other, their enemies, even other members of the First Might to kind of bring them into the fold, all the way back to the first Dregorede, her standing before the massive one-eyed face of Grumsh, which you yourself have seen firsthand, Zola, as you watch Grumsh pull one of his tusks out and hand it to her. Well, that's a fun little recap. I think I'm good on this room. You guys good on this room? I would love to forget everything that I saw. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Turns and walks to the door on the other side of the room. Um, Can Brigid take one more second to do one more quick thing? Or do we think we should move on from this? No, I kind of hang back, like looking at Brigid and nod at her. Smite is uh, hand hovering over the doorknob. I want to... I think Brigid wants to become closer to Pyre because she feels after the latest conjuring of the Allfire that there's a disconnect and she wants to understand maybe a little bit more. So I think she takes off her circlet earring that has the Allfire in it and puts it on the couch. Similar to with the tusk and with your past lives, You watch as memories flash through all these different moments that Pyre has existed. Different versions, different animal forms. All of the Pyres seem to be different. All of them seem to have different personalities. All of them seem to reflect the emotions and personality of those they are associated with. You see when that gnomish druid you saw is sad. Her burning bird familiar lands on her shoulder and like nuzzles her, looking equally as melancholic. You see other versions, one that is just a flaming serpent that the other one is riding upon, furious, flickering with blue flames as the druid on her back, this fey looking woman angrily unleashes torrents of flame upon to be some humans who wandered a bit too far south when they were looking for lumber. It looks like Pyre throughout time is, as said, a reflection of whomever has summoned her. And this goes all the way back to the original burning flame, which you see in a memory within a gorgeous glittering city on a burning plane of fire which Zola, you immediately recognize as the plane of fire. Right. And though you hadn't seen it, you know the that that, that must be... The city that was ransacked be, by Nacra. Yep, it must be the city of Brass. Um, I think realizing that Pyre is just a reflection of what I'm becoming or what I'm feeling inside. Uh, I think Brigid was looking for a different answer, but it always comes back to the fact that things have changed for her. And over the last month or so, or less. And she just picks up the earring, puts it on, and starts walking towards the door. 
so sorry to think of more, but that just kind of gave me a good idea, hmm. which was maybe I could try the same thing with Stilton. I will summon Stilton back to me. Reappearing with you. Ha! Hmm. Nuzzles you. Hey, buddy, missed you. Ha! Do you want to revisit your past self? Because at some point, I think you were a green dot, and I just put him on the couch. You put him on the couch, and the images form into a beautiful, beautiful green paradise. A Garden of Eden-esque place. Wild and gorgeous. You see other little creatures, other familiars, roaming freely, wandering around. This perhaps is maybe where Stilton goes when he's not around. Oh my god. Thank god, I was so scared that I was just snuffing your tiny little life out every time. This seems nice. Do you want to be there more? Stilton flies off the couch and hits into the wall. (laughs) (laughs) It's no. We have to go. You grab him out of the room. Thanks everyone. Thanks everyone. You Open the doors. Let's roll a d100. 16. 16. We're jumping around. You open the door and reveal a small but fully furnished room with soft blue walls. It reminds you of the kind of room you'd find in many modern hotels. Quaint and clean, though lacking in any strong personality. Hardwood floors with a decorative carpet, a comfortable looking bed with a side table. This honestly looks like a guest room. Um, is there a mint on the pillow? There is indeed a mint on the pillow. I eat it. You eat it? You I have my hand <laughs> on the I have my hand on the, the knob. You take two hundred psychic damage, um, mint damage. If this now, mint is fine, then we're safe here. It tastes delicious, and you look I check around the watch. you check the watch. Time is still moving in line with the material plane. It is still, like, not moving any faster or slower. Okay. Are there any other doors in this guest room? Like, is there a closet or a door leading out? Or did we come kind of through the only door? You came through the only door. I would say that this, um, you look around, it has a window, but when you, like, look to the window, it kind of is is almost like that memory room where it's, like, kind of oily painting, outside Mm -hmm. blurry. There's not, like, an actual location there. You look around and kind of investigate the space. You know, Smite like pulls open the drawers. Yeah, and we quickly to, just you know, like, ransack this place. Uh, and you realize that this is simply a guest room. And you look at your map and see that it has highlighted orangish yellow and writes guest room. This is one of the regular rooms of Marfin's mansion. All right. Well, nicely designed. I like the kind of coastal vibe. There's like netting and <laughs> starfish. I mean, Here it's kind it says, of like a little. Uh, home is where the beach is. Is it like a cottage? Does that say live, laugh, love? This isn't NP's cottage, right? Which I've been in. No, this looks to be some one of the just rooms that Marfin would perhaps let someone stay in if they were spending an addition, like, you know, more than just a few hours in his store. I lay in the bed just in case any insane visions come to me. You lay in the bed and feel the most comfortable you've ever felt. This is like the greatest bed ever. It must be enchanted he to be extra comfortable is not being frugal with the thread count all right <laughs> let's keep it moving we don't want do you want to rest here do you want to stay here oh. or we want to keep pushing can i rest it is moving the same rate as the material plane so i guess if we're gonna do it anywhere it might be nicer if we could rest somewhere where the 
time is moving slower than the material plane. That's fair. If we want to keep moving and try and find somewhere that's safe, but also, you know, rapid fire. How are you feeling, Brigid? You were hurt. I am hurt. Oh, um, um, you see Smite place a hand on you and using his lay on hands ability is going to give you all 20. Actually, he's going to give you 24 of his 25 lay on hands cool. Um, so he has one to just pop people back up. Um, and you feel that healing energy, this kind of periwinkle pale blue light fills you. And the few wounds that you sustained in your various combats over the past few hours are healed up. Thank you. Of course. If you guys feel good, then I'm sure we can press on. I've got enough in the tank to, you know, fend off maybe some of the more basic challenges we may face. Let's keep going. I will, on one of the little pads of paper on the bedside table, make a little smiley face. You make a little smiley face. Open the door once more. Somebody roll me a D100. Sixty-three. So, uh, you guys roll sixty-three. Mm-hmm. Blade ward. You stick your head through the darkness, and <sighs> a gust of freezing cold air hits you. Before you is a clean white stone lobby. There are a few puffy snowsuits of varying sizes hung up in an open closet to your right. To your left looks to be some open boxes with like supplies half frozen. Snow has blown into this space and you see beyond this sort of what looks like maybe a lobby space um, is another large open room that looks like a research center. It's almost a remote laboratory that has been specifically built in wherever this freezing cold environment is. It definitely seems darker here, perhaps nighttime. Um, Can I check the watch? You check the watch, you are once again on the material plane, and the watch now skips um, to be closer to the time you left from Emeralia, meaning that you are closer to Emeralia than you were before. Mm -hmm. If the clock before read somewhere closer to like midnight-ish or whatever, this is now reading near like 8 p.m. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So it's it's early night wherever you are and it is freezing cold. You're looking out with your dark vision. I mean, everyone in this group has dark vision. You do see beyond like where where you can only see in like levels of heat. It's very dark because that's how freezing cold is in here. I press the digitation, hot hands in everyone's pockets. (sighs) Oh, that feels good. I I can cantrip create bonfire. (laughs) You just (laughs) summon some flame. Or that. That is like almost like a torch. And as you. Great idea, flames. (laughs) (laughs) And as you raise it up, you see light is cast into that research room. There are open windows, a few doors that have been broken down. You see strange specimens in jars, some humanoid, some plant-like, all frozen now because clearly something's been left open. You see that it's been kind of ransacked. Like this whole area was perhaps found and torn through. You said specimens in jars? I did indeed. You walk into the space careful to not slip on the frozen floors, the snow that has blown in. You cross over some more, like, you know, rubbish, like various things that have been torn and thrown to the ground, notes that have been shredded, glass that have been shattered. You approach one of the windows and you look out and you see very similar to when you were in Iverholm, starry sky, 
with some of the same constellations, but many others that you do not recognize. Give me a, I guess, survival check. Great. And Smite will give you the help action on this as he comes to the window, too, and looks out. Where do you think this is? Where would Morphin build a lab or want to access a lab? Why would anyone want to be somewhere this fucking cold? Survival. I can't do nature. Uh, I'll let you do nature. Okay. Then it is a 16. 16. I'm crouched down by the bonfire, warming my hands. Let me get some of that. Comes over and um, crouches near it as well. As Zola, you peer out the window. The way that the constellations are in the night sky, the positioning of everything, you are further north than you were before. You are probably in like the Arctic Circle or like somewhere incredibly cold. Let's check out those jars. Yeah, I think while I'm crouching, I do a look around and I'm I'm looking for like brand any brand specific branding on the jars or on any of papers or, or like supplies. Or black that says where we are. Roll either investigation or perception, whatever you prefer. Not twenty perception. And mine's a twenty-eight. You both look around. There's some Marfin branding here. This is clearly a Marfin designated outpost um i think zola at this point you probably pull out the map and you see that this says arctic outpost on it it's highlighted in green meaning it is indeed on the material plane you look around you guys scan through the specimens that remain some of them are so coated in frost that you have to like use some flame to melt it they look to be small fetus-like creatures it's hard to distinctly make out what kind of animals they are whether they're human or not it's very very early in the process um but you do see like labels on it trial one trial two trial three just like some of these are like at least this section of tests that are still intact seem to be part of the same testing group then there's others that are literally just like miniature biomes that have been like cracked into kind of someone who's testing out Kind of the thing you might see if you were trying to learn about, like, terraforming, too. Does that make sense? Like, this is, like, an area where you'd be like, this is a really hostile condition. Um, how does life survive here? Is there a way to sustain certain types of life in cold conditions? What type of power is required? How much of it? Can I pick up one of these fetus-like creatures and give it a very, very gentle swish? Not a shake, but a swish. You try to, the liquid inside is completely frozen. Oh. And look. the fetus's eyes are closed? Yeah, it look, it's so... And the fetus's eyes are closed? Um, <laughs> this is uh, this is like clump of cells level fetus for the Okay. Like yeah. we're, this is more embryo. We're early in the stages. Oh, okay, okay. There's, not, there's a few defining features on some of them, but not enough for you to be able to distinguish anything. Mm-hmm. And as you get close, even with like, you know, Brigid coming over and using some fire to kind of melt some of it, it looks like whatever these creatures are, they are unfortunately dead now because of whomever came in here and, like, you know, opened all the fucking doors and windows. As someone who is, like, very, like, knows a lot about nature and beings and different kinds of beings, can I try and take a guess as to what being this could be? Give me an arcana check. An arcana check? An arcana check. Whoa. Wouldn't be something else? Mm-mm. Feels weird. <laughs> Feels dumb and weird that you would say that. Feels weird if you... The With a four. I'll be honest with you. Even with that low of a roll, I think that you guys surmise that, like, 
there's an artificial nature to these. Like these, this isn't necessarily, you know, a baby frog or something. Like this was definitely created by Marfin and whoever his team was. Um, but unfortunately, you can't really gather much more than that. Okay, interesting. Very interesting. Out of game, I'm stoked that Levitt took a gray baby and wants to bring it to Marvin. <laughs> I <laughs> said that good. already. Smite is looking around the space. The place creeps me the fuck out. Yeah, let's get out of Can here. Can we leave? Yeah, I'll just take one last dig. I mean, I know I already kind of looked around, but if there's any kind of papers, forms, anything, or if it's just all, like, through these boxes, are there any kind of, like, files or anything? Weirdly, no. Weirdly, it looks like any sort of paper that's here has been kind of destroyed to the extent, like torn up, torn through. A lot of the stuff that is remaining looks just like bureaucratic bullshit, nothing that really matters. But all of the scientific research is missing here. Do you think Flay already came through here, or do you think Marfin came through here expecting Flay? I think the latter, and I think he took everything with him in the same way he did with his shopping at Morali. I hope the latter, honestly. Let's get out of here. You guys turn back to the door. Zola takes her puffy jacket back off. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you unzip. No one mentioned my (laughs) puffy jacket. You put that on really fast. I'm impressed, honestly. (laughs) Roll a D100. It's been tied around my waist this whole time because I don't have a bag of holding anymore. You also just came from the north, so like you literally came, you probably tied around your waist and then teleported to the fucking temple. 57. You go to the door. It feels locked. There's always another door. There's always another door. I start freaking out and getting claustrophobic. It's okay. As you touch the door, give me... A d20 roll. 15. And which one of you was touching the door? I think I was the one who said, let's get out of here. You said, let's get out of here. You touch the door. Give me a dexterity saving throw as you suddenly see glyphs light up. This looks to be one of the trap doors as it bursts into flame and you guys are all blasted back. I need a dex save from Zola and Smite as well. 16 for Smite. It's 14 for Brigid. Fail, I rolled an eight, but I'll take that roll. Okay. 22 points of damage to everyone as you are hit with the flames. As they fade, you see a symbol appears on the door um, that you didn't see before that just had this very elegant looking D. Like a, It's almost like that old classical medieval style script. Hey guys. I really don't like being caught in explosions of fire anymore. It's yeah. getting really old. Let's 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 find another door, right? Maybe there's D. some another place in here. Dean Fly, Diddlepiss, or a trap left by Dean Fly. Could be, but wouldn't it be F? I don't know. Do we want to leave? And, well, <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say, well, we could try and dispel it or something. Yeah, I cast dispel magic. You release the incantation and. Um, this is a third level spell, which just Glyph of Warding, and you watch as it fades and dissipates. The door unlocks. I open it. Inside, you see an extravagant room, but one that looks childlike in nature. It's clean, though you do see a sort of workspace where there's some half-finished articles of clothing, sewing supplies, random scraps of textiles. It looks like it's painted in the kind of sunset colors, it's got some sort, like some 
infernal detailing, some some vague kind of stuff that reminds you of weirdly Captain Sticks almost. Other than this, you also see a walk-in closet filled with beautiful fancy clothes ranging from, you know, child size to probably, you know, teen, a young adult. Um, you continue, you guys all enter into this large bedroom and see a beautiful red four-poster bed opposite a portrait of Marfin in this portrait, standing right next to this gorgeous, though terrifying fiendish woman, dark red skin um, and burning red eyes. And then between them looks to be a young, grumpy, and too serious for his age tiefling child. Timepiece, Brigid? It's... Paused. Paused. Frozen. It's not moving. Oh. Does Marfin have kids, do you think? Seems like it's impossible it. not to, right? So many He's been he along. could be celibate. He's got drip though. <laughs> he does He does. That yes. guy fucks. There's no way. There's just no Smite. way. I'm not gonna you want me to I I glance at Friggin, like, don't be crass. <laughs> I blush. You can talk. How's my sister doing? Okay, <laughs> guys. just kissed. Close the door. <laughs> Closes the door behind you guys. Should we not to be weird, sleep in Marfin and his weird Dom wife's bed. I think this is his kid's bed, I want to say. Oh, that makes sense. The wife isn't. We have to put a portrait, a family portrait opposite your kid's bed, though. It's like, you know, give him some space. Give him a bobblehead or something cool, you know? There's one thing I clock about Marvin. It's that he's probably not the best dad. Dad. Should we take Uh, a nap? Sola privately smiling, thinking that Marvin's been kind of a good, if chaotic, father to her. (laughs) We can sleep here if you want. Bring it size i think she's ready to have a rest i think that i am going to just investigate a little bit more while brigid like starts to you know unpack her stuff and get ready mm-hmm. i'm just gonna have a look around sounds good um smite does the same he's you know put taking off some of his his stuff um brigid you go and probably just like sit down and like arms out pass like out backwards onto this beautiful bed it is again so comfortable he does not skimp on the thread count um you zola begin to walk around this room looking about you see a single window that again is kind of vaguely oil painting on the other side kind of difficult to see um you find a small desk near where there was that like sewing station kind of textile area and you look and you see Lots of little sketches, little drawings, little, like, different outfits, different fashions. You see um, a lot of different notes, most of which are written in Infernal, some of which just seem obviously like measurements and, like, information about clothing. Looks like Marfin had a son who was some sort of, like, fashion designer. You, again, you're kind of looking through... You pull open a few of the drawers of the desk, and you do see a diary in there. Very, a few personal affects. Sorry, but sorry for the invasion of privacy. But I'm kind of trying to find your dad, and I'll crack open the diary. You crack open the diary. I immediately, uh, like, toss it onto the desk, thinking <laughs> that it's going to explode in fire <laughs> or bite you again. Or bite. It doesn't do either. Thankfully, okay, pick it back up. You pick it back up. It is written in Infernal, so you will have to cast Comprehend Languages. I will cast Comprehend Languages. You open your eyes as the words begin to arrange themselves. This looks to be 
the diary of someone named Duke Angel Baby. Um, Ashley's freaking out because Duke uh, is a major character in another campaign that we run and is the father of one of my players. Mm. And you look through, you see it kind of picks up when this child was old enough to have a diary, you know, like middle school age, very, very angry, very upset writings. Again, it's you're translating it from infernal to common, so some things are lost, but the information you begin to gather is that this duke, as he's named, was born in the Nine Hells. His mother is Fierna, one of the major archdevils of the Nine Hells. Whoa. Marfin. And as you are reading through, you find that it looks like Duke grew up in the Nine Hells and then was taken from the Nine Hells by Marfin and kind of forced to live here before eventually moving on to do his own thing, moving to the Ashender Isles. This diary kind of ends with the final page noting, if you're reading this, I never want to see you again. Oh, jeez. Um, Zola closes it, feeling like she's maybe seen something she didn't need to see and puts it back in the drawer. Yeah, I think this was just like where Marfin raised his son or something. I'll also say that you took note of some of the dates in there. This was written over a thousand years ago. A thousand years after the malediction, but a thousand years prior to today's day. This is unsurprising to Zola. You close the book, put it back in the drawer and close it. Take one look around at this space, who this young man became. You guys can roll history checks if you want to see if you recognize the last name Angel Baby, but it's going to be a pretty high roll. We both rolled the same thing. Uh, I had a five, so it's an 11. Doesn't ring any bells. I will say that... um, Angel Baby from the Nine Hells. Does Smite roll? Smite will give Zola advantage. I feel like the clothing is reminding me of something. Lower. That I need to get a new outfit is what I was thinking. Um, Yeah, your whole costume is kind of ripped up. Yeah, it's really terrible. I brought it to the tailor and then we immediately fucking ruined it. Um, Unfortunately, you don't gather much more information from this. It looks like this happened many, many, many years ago. um, And whoever this Duke Angel baby was left here and did not return. I wonder how anyone could hate Marfin. Didn't you say someone said that he's not a friend to magic? That is what the shard told me. That Marfin's not a friend to magic, but I don't know if I should read that statement at face value or if it means something. I mean, it's also been so long. If you live as long as Marfin, you're bound to make mistakes, right? Right. So he could have done something long ago that upset this kid yeah of course i mean no parents perfect right yeah i I think about my parents (laughs) (laughs) fuck by the way brigid thanks for 
saying what you said about finding my mom. I was kind of distracted at the time, but it actually means a lot to me that you remembered. I'm so happy for you. That's amazing. It's huge. She was different than I thought she'd be. Yeah? What was she like? I kind of thought that she'd be like all put together and like raring to go Serious. revolutionize and yeah. but she's kind of just a mess like I am <laughs> that's probably comforting no I can see how she liked my dad <laughs> runs in the family yeah all right uh let's get ready for bed and I will tell you everything about your sister <laughs> I uh magically created popcorn <laughs> only some things I don't need to know everything <laughs> You guys. It wasn't like that. <laughs> all sit down um, and begin to settle in for bed. Is there a fireplace? Um, I think Brigid um, could make space here and create a controlled fireplace if she wanted to. No, I just was going to light a fire in the fireplace if there was one in this like extravagant room. You snap your fingers and the candles that are in here <laughs> illuminate um, as you guys all settle in for a night's rest. Zola retelling part of her adventure to you all to talk more about Priya. I have actually I think I start to say all of this and then I go, wait I'll just show you and I'll take Smite's hand and I'll cast recap on him and I will just show him my whole life but every moment that Priya was in, any moment where she was kind to me, where she would maybe see me walking down the street, you know, with a basket and grab something that I dropped, um, how she could handle Scram in a way that Zola um, sometimes was not mature enough to, how she immediately ran to help the citizens of Paddlewick when Scram and I met with Lord Cravern. Um, how she helped us escape everything that she did for us. And then I cut off really quickly as I'm about to kiss her and go, the rest what doesn't matter. Th- oh, wait, uh, you know what? It's for the best. It's for the best. Uh, Smite watches eyes wide as these memories flow into him. Tears welling up, a smile spreading on his face. I should have known she was your sister because she is kind and cares about people who others might not care about looking back it's obvious thank you for showing me this I might be going to Paddlewick next if you know you want to come I think it's time for a family reunion and that's where we'll end this episode today Oh my god. Oh my god. We have begun the trek into Marfin's magnificent magical menagerie. So nervous. The many rooms of the mage. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Try Not to Die. Thank you especially to our Eldritch patrons. If you would like to become an Eldritch patron, go to patreon.com slash try not to die pod. Or you can go to our website, trynottodiepod.com, check what? out ARC recaps, find where you can listen to us. Although, if you're listening to this, you know where to listen to us. But you maybe us. you have gotten stuck in some strange Marfin-esque time loop and you need to locate object on the podcast again. Time has stopped. Marfin's memories. <laughs> it's a trap. It's contagious. Yours is fucked up, too. You can find us at 
trynottodiepod.com mm. on the internet. Cast locate. Cast locate <laughs> website and find <laughs> us. Uh, thank you also, of course, to all of the lovely places where we get our sound effects. Sound.org. And Michael Kelfie, Sorco Soundscape, and, you know, the, the slew of other random locations that are so willing to give free audio with proper credit, of course. Thank you so much to you all. This podcast sounds amazing. Thanks to you. Any other plugs, you guys? My plugs are for your mouth sounds. My mouth sounds. Oh, those are the, yeah, credit to me for any of the... <laughs> noises I do and enhance with reverb. Mm. Thank you, me. My plug goes for any of the sounds Shisha contributed to this episode. Yep. Door Intro scratching, um, settling <laughs> sounds, Shisha um, licking sounds. Licking on sounds. one today, gang. You know, that's what happens. <laughs> now that I've got a new job and I'm in the office, we're spending a tiny bit less time with She's Shisha. She's like, I want to record. She's like, get the frick out here. I want to hang out. Um, anyway, so <laughs> thank you again for listening. If we don't have any more plugs, I think it's time to end this one. Until next time, try not, not to, to die. All hail our eldritch patrons, especially Anita, Ashley, Becca B, Colleen, Eclair, and Lana, Emily, Grace, Jacob, James, Jeff, Joey, Kate, Katie, Leo, May, Morgan, Nat, Nicola, Paige, Roni, Sahara, and of course, our producer Patty, Patrick Bronstetter, and our producer Daddies, Becca Mount, Sam Golden, and Rose Evelyn Campbell. We thank you for these podcasting powers and promise to raise hell in your names. Till next time, try not to die. <laughs>